podcast where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. We're exploring how to make up our minds this year in anticipation of the book release of Make Up Your Mind coming on April 12th. This world can leave us jaded and our mindsets in turmoil if we don't know how to navigate the negative mindset battles that we face. Negative mindsets see things from a perspective of less than. The old adage about seeing a glass half full or half empty is true. Negative mindsets block our ability to see the good and to see the truth. We need to know how to let go of our truth that we develop in our minds and replace it with the truth which sets us free. On a big picture view, we might call this a struggle between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. The world tries to say we should have these mindsets of abundance and positivity, but mindsets are fickler than a once-and-done DIY mentality. The scripture for today's episode is taken from Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You know, we can't read that verse and come away with a scarcity mentality, can we? God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. But perhaps the problem is we are not thinking or imagining that he can. We can get locked into our circumstances and focus on the negative so easily, right? We might feel foolish to trust in the possibility that God can actually have good plans when everything around us just seems so bad. So number one, we need Christ's strength to have an abundance mentality. Ephesians 3 verses 16 and 17 says, I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The power of the Holy Spirit is able to help us to overcome the power of negative mindsets. But we need to rely on Christ's strength and not our own. Number two, we need to take hold of the bigness of God's love. I just love putting it that way, the bigness of His love. As it says in Ephesians 3.18, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. But the scripture says we need to have power to be able to grasp how big God's love is for us. When we see the bigness of God's love, it overshadows the smallness of our seemingly large circumstances in light of His overwhelming power. The Holy Spirit can help us to see past our circumstances and to see the spiritual reality all around us, which is greater than any physical reality. Do you believe that, friend? This is part of the mindset struggle we have with negative mindsets. Our circumstances are so loud, they drown out faith and trust in God. 
You know, Joseph understood that. God gave him dreams. Then Joseph's brother's jealousy tried to snuff out those dreams. But God... Joseph could have given in to negative mindsets, but even in prison, God gave him favor. And ultimately, Joseph was used to save the lives of all of his people. Perhaps God's plans are better than our own, right? I think we have to let go of control sometimes. God is sovereign over our circumstances, every single one. This helps us to see past our problems into God's purposes in those problems. The word grasp in verse 18 means to comprehend, to seize. This is not a passive view of God's love. You know, we can go around saying, God loves you, God loves you, and yes, that's wonderful. It's more than a view, too. Seizing this truth and choosing it over the other lesser thoughts helps us to walk in the Spirit rather than the flesh. Our limiting beliefs focus on the problems. That is what we see, the glass half empty. Unless we choose to see what God can do with our problems, the sky is the limit. Nothing is too difficult for God. Number three, we need to know God's love to have an abundance mentality. Ephesians 3.19 says that we need to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. His love surpasses our knowledge. You know, the world tries to give us a knowledge, doesn't it? That knowledge is a burden. But God's love surpasses any knowledge. Think of that. What we think we know about our circumstances, about life, we just don't know in comparison to God's love that surpasses all we know. If we don't know God's love and omnipotence, we cannot be filled with His fullness. This is not just an optimistic, positive-thinking solution, friends. This is faith filling us to overflowing as we trust in God to do what only He can do. We might have to stop gazing at that half-empty glass and start gazing into His Word to help us to understand that our circumstances are not about us, but about God receiving glory. Yielding to His purposes, suddenly we don't see the proverbial glass in the same light. Number four, our life, it's not about us. Paul understood this truth and powerfully illustrates what our mindset should be when we are struggling to have an abundance mentality because, well, we're fixed on ourselves. And I might add here what I'm calling an abundance mentality to help us understand is really ultimately having the mind of Christ. It's not just positive thinking, and we're going to talk about that next week. Philippians 1 verses 12 and 14 says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel." The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. You know, we might be tempted to ask, how can awful things that have happened to us be used to advance the gospel? Good question. 
How we walk out our momentary afflictions can advance the gospel. When we complain and wonder why God allowed something to happen and view our life as half empty, people will not be drawn nearer to God. But when we rejoice in the midst, knowing that God's promises are bigger than our problems, people get to see Christ in us and a legitimate abundance mentality at work. I've shared this before, but I feel led to share it again. Um, There's been many times where I've had pneumonia, and recently I had it again. And just seeing the victory that God gave me, sure, it was hard, but there was a resting in it, knowing that I, I don't have to understand it, to know that everything we go through, God is our strength. But I remember in 2012, when I had pneumonia, lying in the hospital and asking God, why? Why am I here? And he said to me, Denise, will you let me use you here? And what he had me do was every day, and it took all, it took about the whole day to do this, y'all, I would make myself, I would do my devotions. It was hard to concentrate. I was in pain. I was oh, just really in bad shape. And I was there for 10 days. And I would get up and walk to the dry erase board and write the scripture verse that God wanted me to write for that day. And part of this was being a witness. You know, uh, they, they, if you've ever been in hospitals, you know, they have a big old dry erase board there. And I, there was space. And I put a verse on there. And day after day, I did this. And then God said, give away everything that's been given to you. Go up and down the hall. And, you know, so I put on that, you know, I have that oxygen tank I'm dragging with me, two hospital gowns, because <laughs> those things are real stylish, aren't they? But you walk, and I just gave away everything that had been given to me. And I tell you, it was a mission. That's what we miss when we're looking at the glass half empty, is we miss what God can do in that place of pain. He wants to reach the people around us. Are we willing to let him do that and see that glass half full? This is an opportunity for the gospel. As Paul said, the advancement of the gospel. Number five, God's sovereignty overrides our feelings. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His sovereignty can make even hopeless situations full of hope. Isaiah 55 verses 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Our feelings can lead us astray. And we can kind of say, hey, you feel that, so it's legitimate. It may be a legitimate feeling you're having, but that doesn't mean it's legitimate. (laughs) We have to examine our feelings, our thoughts, with God's Word. Can we lay down our thoughts, hopes, ideas, feelings, and pick up God's sovereign plan for our lives? You know, God wants to hear us cry out to Him. I feel like right now someone listening is so discouraged, and you're listening and you're thinking, you don't get it. You're not going through what I'm going through. Well, you know, there's a scripture that talks about, I believe it was Solomon who said that no man knows another man's burdens. That's my paraphrase of it, essentially. It's easy for us to feel isolated in our suffering and feel like it is out of God's hands. God can't do anything with it because we've been in that situation for so long. Please believe God's promises over your feelings. Right now, I speak to you. I know it's hard because those feelings are so powerful. But if you are willing right now in Jesus' name 
to say, God, help me. Help me to release to you my fears. God, help me to believe you and your thoughts and lay down mine. I'm believing and praying with you right now that God will do that for you. I know he's done it for me. And if he's done it for me, he can do it for you. What area of your life are you tempted to look at the glass half empty? When we lay that thought down and pick up the possibilities that a glass half full offers, when God is involved, no one is ever on empty. Hebrews 10 verses 32 through 36 offers us some encouragement when we find it hard to see things from an abundance faith mentality. But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may, you may receive what is promised. We have a hope that no struggle in this world or in our mind can ever overcome. We get to choose what we think on, friends. Believe that. By the power of His Spirit, we are overcomers. The good news about our half-empty perspective is that God is in the business of renewing our minds, and we have, right now, the mind of Christ. So y'all, come in April 12th, you'll have the book, Make Up Your Mind in Your Arsenal, when you feel you cannot overcome negative mindsets. Make Up Your Mind is chock full of scriptures and strategies to help you put on Christ and to walk in the mind of Christ. And hey guys, Make Up Your Mind is now available for pre-order. We would like to give you some freebies for a pre-order. If you go to bit.ly slash capital T transform dash capital Y your dash capital M mindset. I'll also have that link in the show notes. We have a free ebook about finding refuge in the mind of Christ, along with seven days of a personal devotion from me right to your inbox to help you shift your thinking. And then a really special Lord's Prayer, Praying with the Mind of Christ. It's an ebook incorporating the mind of Christ in each of the seven petitions of the Lord's Prayer. You can also take the mindset quiz to discover which negative mindset you might be struggling with. bit.ly slash lowercase mindset dash battle dash quiz. And lastly, our book launch team is open now. You can join us at bit.ly slash capital M, capital U, capital Y, capital M. That's an abbreviation for make up your mind. Dash capital B for book, dash capital L for launch, dash capital P for participation, dash F for form. So that will be in the show notes as well. We'd love to have you join us as we launch Make Up Your Mind into the World. Fun prizes and freebies and swag are a part of the fun. Friends, until we meet again, may God grant you peace to put off what hinders your thought life being like Christ's. You've been listening to the Sing Deep Podcast, where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems. (laughs) 